Hey everyone, thank you for joining us again this week on our podcast. We're going to go ahead and start a brand new series this week uh, on the parable of the sower, and we're just going to be calling this simply Check Your Ground. What kind of ground are you? And and that's really the question we want to look at and examine and, and see what kind of ground our hearts are and uh, you know the, the different things that we can do to ensure that we are falling into the category here of good ground that Jesus gives us in the parable of the sower. So let's go ahead and look at um, Mark's gospel and the fourth chapter, and we'll start here in verse one. Um, It says, and again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teachings, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. The birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on a good ground, and it yielded a crop that sprang up, and increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, Him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, he, he's not talking about those, those things on the side of your head, you know, that, that hold up your sunglasses. He's, he, he's talking about spiritual ears. Those of us who have spiritual ears to hear and understand what he's saying here, let him hear. Now, when he was alone, those about him with the twelve asked him about the parable. Now, that's, that's just a funny statement there. He, he was alone, but there were people with him. Um, you know, you know it's, the, the, the master is never alone. He's always there with us. He's always uh, beside us. And so they're asking him this question about this parable. And he said to them in verse 11, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they turn and their sins be forgiven them. And now watch this in verse 13. He said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So it's important for us to realize that this is the key. This is the parable that all the other parables that Jesus tells us hangs on. This is the master key that unlocks them all. Jesus says, If you don't get this parable, how on earth can I expect you to to understand any of the other ones? Because this is the foundation of it all. Now watch this, verse 14, the sower sows the word. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. These likewise are those sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They have no root in themselves, and so they endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in, chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Now, I don't think that Jesus says any of this here by accident. I think there's some, some very deliberate choices that he, he goes ahead and makes in telling this parable. And, and the first one is this here, that, that there are four different types of categories of land. Notice that the seed didn't change. The seed that was being sown was the same seed across all 
four of the types of land. He was sowing the seed into the ground regardless of, of what the ground was. The seed was being sown, and the seed we see in verse 14 was the word of God. Now, uh, breaking this down into about four categories, and we know this to, to be people's hearts here, the, the ground that we're referring to, we could go ahead and, and make the estimation that people will fall, about 25% of your people are going to fall into each one of these categories. 25% of people are going to be the wayside ground. Some 25% of people-ish or so around there is going to be the stony ground. Uh, another 25% is going to be the, the, the thorny ground. And, and then finally, the last 25% is going to be the good ground. Now, don't get this picture in your head that Jesus is just walking along or the Father's going along when he creates us and he's got all of our, our spirits lined up and he says, you know, bad ground, bad ground, bad ground, good ground, bad ground, bad ground, bad ground, good ground. That's not how he breaks, how he breaks it down. The, 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 the hearer uh, determines in themselves what kind of ground they'll be. James talks about that, and we'll get into that a little bit later, how James talks about that, that we have to not only be hearers of the word, but we need to determine to be doers of the word, that we need to determine to do what we see in the word of God. And that's what, what Jesus is saying here, that on your own, without any additional uh, decisions made on the part of the hearer, this is the ground that people will default to. There are four types of ground that people will default into. Um, so let's go ahead and look at this first type of ground. The first type of ground was the wayside ground. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Now, a lot of times we go and, and we think that these are people who, you know, they, they heard the word, but it didn't, it didn't actually get in their heart. It just kind of, you know, in one ear and out the other, and it just kind of was, was just something they heard in passing or, or something that, you know, yeah, I know my grandmother believed something like that, but, but it, it never even impacts them in any way. But, but watch this in verse 15 again. These are the ones sowed by the wayside. Where the word is sown, they hear. Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So the word was sown in their hearts. The seed made it there. The seed made it into the hearts of these people on the wayside ground. The, the seed made it there. It was sown in the heart, and Satan immediately came and said that. You know, that's, that's the kind of person who comes, and they'll sit in our churches, and they hear that, you know, God wants you healed. God wants you blessed. God wants you prosperous. God wants you to have good relationships. And the first thought that Satan goes and brings into their mind is, well, you can't have that. That's not for you. That, 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 that's not something that's, that's obtainable to you. This is, this is the ground by the wayside. He's immediately coming to go and snatch the word out of their hearts. As soon as it's sown in, he comes immediately to snatch the word. And you know, this, this also happens uh, by, by means of distraction. I don't know about you, but you know, the, this technology that we have on one hand, it's so great. It's so wonderful. I'm so thankful for all the technology we have today. It allows us to be uh, connected with friends and family thousands of miles away and to, to share this message, this truth across the entire world at the click of a button. But at the same time, it can cause a distraction. And I know if, if we're not cautious, and I've had to catch myself on this repeatedly. Uh, you, know, you know, if we're not cautious, the same technology that's here to be a blessing to us can become a distraction. And it goes and, and you're there and, and the pastor's preaching and a text message comes in and all of a sudden now you're responding to the text message and <clears throat> you completely miss the entire point of the message. The word was sown in your heart, but immediately it was taken away. It didn't even register to you. It wasn't even, it wasn't even 
part of your thought process. As soon as it got into your heart, it was gone because you you weren't even thinking about it. You're on to something else. And I'm, you know, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. And I'm just as guilty as anybody, you know, if not more, throw both hands up in the air on that for me. Um, you know, that's and that's something we have to guard ourselves on. I, I, I've determined that I will not be the wayside ground, that I will not allow the word to be stolen out of my heart immediately after it's sown. So, that's our first type of ground here. Now let's go and look at the second type of ground. Uh, this is the stony ground. Some seed, verse 5, some seed fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Have you guys ever gone and, and planted anything? And um, I, I know here in, in the summer that, uh, you know, I'll go and mow my lawn. I've got my weed eater out there and going to town on all those weeds that grow up in, the, in those little cracks and crevices in the sidewalk. Um, the, the little spot where the, the, the sidewalk itself actually kind of joins together. There, there's, there's not really much earth there. there. There might be a little, you know, a little bit of gravel, a little bit of dirt, something like that in there. But as soon as the seed gets in there, what happens? Immediately it sprouts up. It sprouts up right away. There, but there's no depth of earth. There's no place for roots to grow and roots to develop. And, and watch this in verse 6. When the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Now, those roots are vital to the nourishment of a plant. Those roots are important, beyond important to the nourishment of a plant. They go and they, they tell the plant, hey, you know, when, when the drought comes, go and feed on your root system that's spread out deeper, that's spread out beyond anything beyond anything that, that you've got right here in this little area where you are. The, these roots are supposed to grow, but if there's no depth of earth, there's no place for the roots to grow. And, and so watch, watch what, he, what he compares this to in verse 16. These likewise are the one stone on the stony ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness. Have you guys ever met somebody like that before? Uh, somebody goes and, and they come into church and they're all gung-ho and excited about the word and they're, they're excited about God. They're excited about what he's doing and they, they've received the word with gladness. They say, you know what? Bless God, I know he's my healer. Thank you, Father, for everything you've done for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. And, and you know, I, I can think of multiple people who've come into church and they receive the word with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. And so they only endure for a while, for a time. And then when persecution arises, notice that. It doesn't say if persecution arises. It says when persecution arises. Persecution, we know, will arise, not because of us intending, like, yeah, I'm going to go out and get persecuted today. Persecution, persecution is just going to come for the word's sake. It, it just comes because of the word. That's literally what it does. It's, it's when you go and stand on the word, when you go and believe that this is what the Bible says, this is God speaking to me, when you go and choose to believe that, persecution is going to come. Persecution is going to come simply for the sake of the word. But when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. They don't have any, any depth of earth. They don't have anything to sustain them. As soon as their Christian life is not as easy as maybe it was when they first got saved. As soon as their Christian life isn't as effortless as maybe it was, it was presented to them, as soon as there's something in their way that, you know what, 
I prayed and I didn't see an answer here. I didn't see an answer in this time period that I've allotted. Uh, you, you know, there's all of a sudden now pressure comes. You see, because it takes time to develop roots. It takes time to develop roots. If you go and you look at a, a tree, you know, we just planted an apple tree in our yard uh, this, this past year. And when you go and you plant that tree, that tree has been in the ground for close to six months now. And it's it's been there and it's been growing. Now, you, you can't see that it's grown vertically very much. You can't see that there's a whole lot of new branches on it. But it's grown. It's grown underneath. It's grown and those that root system has begun to develop. Because we're here in Texas and, and when the heat starts, when the sun comes in the summer, that tree is going to, it's going to have the chance to get scorched. But if it's got that root system there, it can now pull water from within the whole yard. It can go and pull water from a source any somewhere else than directly underneath its root system. It's gone and it's, it's got deep roots and it's not afraid when the drought comes because it knows I've got roots. I've got these stores developed. I've got these, you know, these different things here in place. But these roots take time to develop. Roots are not something that come instantaneously. You know, when you're born again and you're, you're a baby Christian, you know, you, you don't have roots. A lot of times it's easy to, to swing a baby Christian one way or the other and to, to talk them into or out of something in the Word of God. And, you know, uh, they, they don't have roots in what they believe and they don't, they don't go and believe, they don't know why necessarily they believe what they believe. There, there are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, the, these baby Christians haven't gone and they haven't developed their roots yet. So now all of a sudden, when pressure, when persecution comes, when they're ridiculed for making a stand on the word of God, all of a sudden now they go and turn tail and they say, well, hang on, we're out. We're, we're out. Nobody told us it was going to be like this. And, and as soon as that happens, that's an indication that they don't have a root system developed. They haven't gone and developed their roots. They're just here on the, on the stony ground, on the shallow ground. And as soon as the heat comes, as soon as the pressure comes, as soon as the pressure arises and you're put in this situation, now it's time to see who you truly are. Uh, my, my wife has a background on her phone and it's a quote by Lisa Bevere, I think. And Shelby's got this there and it says that who you are in the fire is who you are. Who you are in the fire is who you are. When the pressure's on, when the heat comes, who you are in the fire, who you are in the pressure, who you are in, in that difficult situation, that's who you are. You, you see, that determines if you have roots in this or not. Are you willing to stand when the pressure comes? Are you willing to stand on the word of God and believe that, bless God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what people say about it. I don't care what people think. I am gonna stand on the word of God and what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me, what he's gone and he's shown me. And, and you know, there's a, there was a situation a few, I think it was about a few weeks ago now, uh, Gloria Copeland came out with a, with a video and, and she was talking about, you know, this, this is a uh, flu season right now. And, uh, this is, you know, they, they've said it's one of the worst flu seasons on record and so many people are dying and Gloria got up and, and stood for years, just like her and her and Kenneth have said, that we're not going to take the flu. Bless God, we're not going to take the flu. Jesus has already paid the price for our healing. We believe that Jesus has given us our flu shot. We're going 
We're gonna believe the word. We're gonna believe what Jesus said about healing, that he is our healer. And, and they just led people to pray and receive their healing. And, and nowhere in that were they told to, to go and, um, you know, not go to the doctor, not, not get uh, any vaccinations, anything like that. They were just going to stand and believe on their healing. And people took that and people ran with that. People went and started attacking them all over the place. And, and there were Christians, if you watched it, there were Christians who had come to believe some of these truths about healing. But as soon as the pressure came, as soon as people began to comment otherwise, as soon as the heat came, they didn't have roots. And since they didn't have roots, they went and turned tail and, and uh, they, they withered away. They weren't able to bear fruit in this situation because as soon as the pressure came, as soon as the heat came, they showed that they didn't have roots. Roots take time to develop. You've got to be in this. Uh, and, and, you know, that there's, you know, supernatural things where, where you can get roots quicker, um, you know, and the Lord can accelerate things. And, you know, we're all for that. But on the, on the normal occurrences, it, it takes time for roots to develop. You need to consciously develop these roots. And, you know, don't go and don't go and throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't go and say, "Well, you know, I, I prayed for healing and I didn't receive it, so I'm not going to believe, you know, that healing is for me." You know, the, these are covenant promises from Jesus Himself. These are covenant promises in the Word of God. And if, if you go and you choose to stand on them, and you're led by the Holy Spirit, you know that's the key. I, I'm reminded of somebody who attended my parents' church for years. Uh, he was there and you know, believed that he was the healed of the Lord's and, and so on and so forth. And one year the Lord told him, he was praying as flu season was approaching actually. And, and the Lord told him, so-and-so, you need to get your flu shot this year. And he said, Lord, are you, what? Am I hearing you right? And he said, yeah, you need to get your flu shot this year. And so that's what he did. He went and he got his flu shot that year. And to my knowledge, hasn't gotten it. He never got it before, never got it after. And he went and took his flu shot and never got the flu. He was led by the Spirit as he stood on God's word for his healing. He had a root system developed that it didn't matter what Christians might think for him going to get a flu shot on one hand, but he also didn't care what the world would say, ridiculing him for, I, I believe that Jesus is my healer. And, and, and we're out of time. We're going to go ahead and pick up and look at these, these next two examples uh, next week here as, as we dive further into this parable of the sower. Um, so go ahead and check us out on our website. It's bygraceinternational.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at bygraceinternational at bygrace or facebook.com slash bygraceintl. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at bygraceintl. And if you go over to our website or, or on our Facebook, there's a link there as well. You can sign up for our mailing list. And uh, once you do that, we're going to go ahead and send you a free download. Uh, and it's a message I preached a few months ago. It's called Faith is Not a Formula. And we just believe that it'll bless you. We want to provide that to you free of charge. And, and while you're over there, you know, just, just prayerfully pray and consider about becoming a partner with this ministry, um, either through prayer or through, through financial uh, contributions. We believe that as you go and as you, as you give to this ministry, that, that God would, would continue to richly bless you and that, um, you know, that as you give freely, that you would have grace to abound to all good things. And, and as you give into this ministry, you're a part of everything that happens, every podcast that gets recorded, every video, every blog, every church that we go help, that is all because of you. And we are so thankful. And, and thank you again, and we'll see you next week.